Hi. Hi. Hold on, let me just adjust here. If you have a Bible, you could turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We'll get there in a few, who knows, one. But, uh, man, it's so exciting. Dude, last night was so cool, man. Everyone just coming together and, and just God just, I don't know. It was, I thought it was so cool. Everyone, like that time prayer at the end, and then Lauren just shouts out, I think we should do healers on the campus. <laughs> like, we should just send everybody out and heal the sick on the campus. I was like, go get that right there. And it was awesome. It was bold. It was so good. I was just talking to another guy, because it reminded me when Emily was talking about the, um, the tithing offering and all this stuff. And a friend, my friend just told me, I don't know, maybe it was a week ago at the most. Uh, he said that he hadn't been really doing tithes and offerings. He hasn't really, he hadn't really honored God with his finances in years past, but he just started doing it a few months ago. Literally the job that he'd like, the dream job that he wanted, he like just got like hired for this dream job that he wanted at like, like two or three months after he had started tithing and offering and honoring God first. How many all know when you honor God first, he releases blessing to your life. And it was so exciting. I, I would tell you who it is and all the details, but I didn't really ask him if I could, so I can't. But, uh, but I think most of y'all know who he is, and it's really cool, and I was really excited for him. But anyway, uh, so that's what's up. There's something else I, I just wanted to say, uh, but other than that, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What was up with that rap tonight? What? You're like, <laughs> it was awesome. I was like, all right, we're, what, what's going to happen right here? Maybe I don't really know what living is. is it what? And I was like, Whoa. It was awesome. She even got that low gangster rap voice. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't. It was awesome, man. Let's give it up for Cammy leading worship tonight, the whole team. I thought it was, it was a great night. Um, okay, so he, we have been in a series called Rooted. Everyone say Rooted. And we, we've been focusing on the need for stability. Everyone just say Stability. Because how many understand that there is a need for constance in your life? Not like constance like a person, but I mean like constant things. You know what I'm saying? Anyone have a relative named Constance? No. Sorry, I'm cheesy. Like, we, we need, there is a need for stability. There's a need for constant in our life. You know, like, like uh, I did a message years ago, and this is kind of the theme of this whole series, is how to be an oak tree in a tumbleweed kind of a world. You know, this is what we're talking about. <laughs> What did he just say? How to be an oak tree in a tumbleweed kind of a world. In a world of compromise, how do you stay firm? How do you stay stable and reliable and committed when the whole world's trying to pull you this way, trying to pull you that way? Peer pressure's trying to tell you to do this. The culture's trying to tell you to do this. The TV, you know, the latest Will Ferrell movie's trying to tell you to do this, whatever. And the world that is trying to pull you in a million different directions, how do you stand firm in stability and to be strong and to be a person of integrity? So we looked at in the last couple weeks, the importance of being rooted in a church, that the church is God's plan for you to flourish in life. We looked at last week that uh, the importance of being rooted in the word, like God's, God's word. This word is life and it's powerful. Um, and I want to say this, that tonight may be one of the most important messages. <laughs> this may be one of the most important messages that you've heard in a long time. It might, it just may be, because I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a guarantee up front that if you apply this message to your life, I, I'm going to do a guarantee that your life will change for the better. I'm guaranteeing it. Your relationships will be better. Uh, your, your sense of stability will be better, and you will actually represent God better than you ever thought. And I'm telling you, it's not, it doesn't have to do with like a crazy sexual immorality sin that most of us, you know, is it parting or drinking? What is, what are we, or, or sex before marriage? What are we talking about? Cause it's gotta be one of those, not even, not even close. We're, we're <laughs> tonight. We are talking about being rooted in your word, AKA being faithful to your word. Oh, it's going to get crazy. We're talking about being faithful to your word. You know what I mean. When your roommate said they were going to wash the dishes a long time ago. Uh-oh. 
and it just keeps turning into tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? You just want to wake them up in the morning. You know, you know, tomorrow's the devil's favorite word, you know, you know and you just want to get in their face. How I many, you know, it's that type of thing that you told your friends you were going to hang out with them, but then something better came along. You know what I'm saying? I had to cancel my plans. <laughs> it's, it's the thing that your friend said, your friend said they were going to do such and such, but it just still hasn't happened. Or you committed to serve at church. Lord have mercy. But that new movie was coming out, so I had to cast the, the first screening. You know what I'm saying? That midnight showing. I had to get in that line. I know, I know. I said yes. I confirmed on Planning Center. It had a green picture by my name. But I had something else, you know, a little more. It got a little inconvenient for me, so I just decided to just go turn back on my word. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or she, how about this one? She said she wasn't ready for a relationship, but then a week later, Facebook revealed that she was in a relationship. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I thought you said you didn't. You just wanted to be friends because I'm not ready for it, though. <laughs> too soon. Oh, Lord, this might be too soon. And she wasn't ready for the relationship or so she told you or so he told you. But a week later, they're getting selfie like it's crazy selfie town. You know what I'm saying? They're like, hey, at Disneyland, hey, at Cheesecake Factory, hey, at the beach. What? At night at the beach. What? This escalated way too quickly, you know. <laughs> or, or keeping it real, real. Like, we said that we wanted to wait until we were married for that. But then it got passionate. Hey. I mean, it was just words, right? It didn't, it didn't really mean it when I said, you know, we're going to wait till such and such a date or we're going to, you know, I got to, you know, got to get a ring by spring because how many understand like there's no love in it before the covenant, you know what I'm saying? No contact without a contract, huh? you know, <laughs> keep on going. Like, say it again. Say it again. What? <laughs> because, because listen, listen. All of this points back to being faithful to your word. This is, I'm telling you, this will change your life. I'm telling you, it'll change your life more than the, any kind of sermon you ever thought you could hear. This will change your life more than anything. Because I want you to get this. Relationships are built on the foundation of trust. Everyone say trust. And what we don't realize is when we are inconsistent with our word, we are attacking the very foundation of relationships. Because we are mutilating trust within, within relationship. When we don't fulfill our word, when we say something and then we don't follow through with it, we are attacking and destroying the very foundation of that relationship, therefore making our relationship unstable. This is crazy, man. What we, we have to realize that we are also in this, when we, we're, when we're inconsistent with our word, we are also losing credibility and reliability. You're losing credibility and reliability. I feel like I want to get ahead of myself, so I'm just going to go for it. Credibility, if you do the etymology of this and you go back far enough, it goes to the word creed, which means to believe. And credibility literally means the believability of somebody. That, that they have the, the believability or the worthiness of putting trust in someone. That's what it means to have credibility. When someone's credible, that they have a, they're worthy of, of being trust, trusted. Are you, are you with me? They, this is what it means. And this is crazy because when you look back deep, deep into the root word of credibility, it's it creed, but there's this like, I don't know, some weird language, some distant European language. And the, and the word comes from this phrase that means to literally put your heart into so when someone has credibility, they create a safe place for your heart. Hey. This, this is what's at stake when we deal with our words. This is what's at stake. We're at, we're, we run the risk of losing stability. So not only credibility and reliability, because I may understand that you all know that person. When you ask them to do something, they don't do it. After 16 times, you're just not going to ask them anymore. Their reliability just is shot to the ground. You know what I'm saying? And the other thing, we, we lose stability because now we don't even have surety in our own life. We're like the waves just tossed around. The, we're the tumbleweed. It's just, I mean, I, I'll, I'm, you know, 
I, we made a joke about the Katy Perry song, but you're, you know, it's like they're hot and they're cold and they're yes and they're no and the whole deal. It's just back and forth, back and forth. And you don't even know. It's like, who is this person? I don't even know who they are. There's so much inconsistency. And probably possibly the greatest thing that's at risk when we're unfaithful to our word is that we run the risk of misrepresenting a faithful God. We run the risk of misrepresenting a faithful God. Because how many understand that we are his representatives on the earth today? And so when people, people, you know, you might have heard this phrase before that people may not read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but they look at your life every day. And they judge God based on your life. I'm not trying to put undue pressure on you. All I'm trying to say is that when people look at you and say, is this what Christians are like? What kind of report do they walk away with? I'm not talking about your sin life. I'm just talking about, you know, I mean, this, and this can fall into this category, but I'm talking about how powerful is your word? Is your word really strong? Or is it, I'm not really sure. I mean, they said they loved me, but I'm not sure what that means. You with me on this tonight? This is what's at stake. And this is why it's so important to be faithful to your word. Because we, we, we are dealing with relationships. We're dealing with our own credibility and reliability and stability. But we're also dealing with representing a faithful God. And so this is the tension where we find the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We are going to begin in verse 15, but I want to explain this context first because you may not understand this uh, just by reading the passage straight away. But Paul is, is talking about, he, he, he had visited them once on the way to this place called Macedonia. He was, on his way to Macedonia, he was going to visit these people in the town of Corinth, and he said he was going to visit them on the way back. But he changed his mind on the matter because he wanted to spare them some big corrections. Like, like basically, the Corinth people had some issues. You know what I'm saying? They, they had some things that, they, they had some sin issues. They had some really weird sin issues. They had incest in their church. They, they, they just had drunkenness in their church. I mean, in their church services, people were getting drunk. I mean, it was, it's a pretty wild church service. And not drunk in the new wine, but drunk on, you know what I'm saying, on alcohol. And so, like, they, these guys had some issues that they had to work through. And so Paul, as, like, the apostle, as the father over the church, he was just basically saying, hey, guys, I'm going to come through. So that's 1 Corinthians you read through. Through, and then he's, he, he had thought that things had changed with them. And so he made a quick stop there on the way to Macedonia and realized, oh my gosh, there is, there is some issues here. That there had been some people that had come into the church in Corinth and had, had actually attacked his authority and attacked his leadership. So they, they tried to discredit Paul so that way his message was be discredited and this whole thing. And so, so he's like, He's got a lot to correct them on. He's got a lot, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he had a lot to deal with. And so he made one quick stop, went over to Macedonia, and then on his way back, he decided, I'm going to change my mind because it's going to be too hard for me and it's going to be too hard for you. In other words, I'm about to lay the smack down and I don't know if y'all can handle it and I don't know if I can handle it. So I'm going to write you a letter instead. And this is what is referred to as the severe letter that if you, if you uh, read through this, uh, the, the next chapter. So commentators believe that Paul had changed his mind uh, because, or believe that because Paul had changed his mind, people began criticizing him. This is all context. I want you to understand this before we read from verse 15. Paul changed his mind about making his way back to Corinth because he wanted to spare them. But the, critici- the, the critics there that were trying to discredit Paul and trying to say like, oh, this, this guy, he's got false doctrine, he's messed up, and you shouldn't listen to him, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they were trying to discredit him, uh, and they were using his change of mind as an example of why Paul wasn't trustworthy. Okay, so this is the context that we're coming into. Is that making sense so far? So he says this in verse 15, uh, because I was confident of this, the this in this portion is that, that they had a good relationship. He said, because I was confident in this, I wanted to visit you at first so that you might benefit twice. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and come back to you uh, uh, from Macedonia and then ha- to have you send me on my way to Judea. Verse 17, was I fickle when I intended to do this? Cast this right here. Or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say both yes, yes, and no, no? Oh, that was real good. Did you catch that? Do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say both yes, yes, and no, no? Verse 18, but as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. 
For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been, everyone say it, yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. And so he, 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 now he's talking about God's credibility. God had made us stand firm. He anointed us, verse 22, and set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. In other words, when the Holy Spirit came inside of you, it was a guarantee of the, the glories of heaven that's to come. It's not like, hey, I'm going to tell you something and then never give you anything. He actually gave you a down payment to let you know that his promise is faithful. He, he's trying to tell you the character of God. And then verse uh, 23, I call God as my witness and I stake my life on it. This is what people of integrity say. That, I, th that it was in order to spare you that I did not return to Corinth. Not that we lorded over your faith. In other words, I, I'm not trying to be controlling and know that if I, if I go there, it's going to be hard. He said, but we work with you. We work with you for your joy because it is by faith you stand firm. And then just the next verse, uh, chapter two, verse one, he said, so I made up my mind that I would not make another painful visit to you. Everyone say, boom. Paul had credibility. Let's say that word together. Credibility. Paul had credibility. He could stand upon his credibility in the midst of criticism. People were attacking him, saying, no, no, no. See, he changed his mind. He said he was coming to you, but he doesn't mean it. He, he, see, he said he was coming to you, but he changed his mind. Because that's, why, that's how he is. This is he's just a fool. He's, he's, you, know, he, you, know, you shouldn't listen to his doctrine. You shouldn't. And if they were discrediting him so much so that not only would they discredit him and his statement that he had to change his plans, but not only him, if they discredit that, they also discredit his message. And therefore, they could dismantle the entire church that he planted because the, the whole church was founded upon his teaching. You follow me on this? It's, it's like someone coming into our church and completely dismantling our, our senior pastor and saying, like, oh, let me tell you why this, 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 and this, and this. And if we bought into the lie, then the whole church would be dismantled because the fearless leader that we have all of a sudden was a fraud. But how many understand that's not true? And this is what they were trying to do to Paul. And, but Paul had credibility, so he starts explaining himself. And he says, do I make plans in a worldly manner? Do, do I say yes when I really mean no? How many understand that? Like, how many, how many know people, they, or you experience this, where you're like, hey, hey, who wants to come and help me move this weekend? <laughs> do not make eye contact. Do not make, I, I have a truck, I'm walking away. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, <laughs> because, because in that moment, you, you, if you're pressured enough and you don't have a backbone, you're going to be like, yes. But you really meant to say no. And Paul's saying, did I make my decision in a worldly manner that in the same breath I say yes and I say no in the same breath? When I say yes, it really means no. Or when I say no, it really means yes. This is what he's saying. He said, I'm not like that. That's a worldly manner. Or, or am I abandoning my yes when it becomes inconvenient? This is wild. I'm telling you, if we can catch this one thing to keep our word, I'm telling you, when, if we will not abandon our yes when it becomes inconvenient, I guarantee you will go far in this life. I guarantee there will be integrity will propel you into success and, and blessing. I guarantee that your future will be prosperous because you're a person of stability. And people of stability and integrity go far in this life. We can't abandon our yes when it becomes inconvenient. Here's a, I don't know who said this quote, but uh, this is what it says. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you said it in has left you. So do, we, do we have that picture? I, we had a little picture. I don't know if that, it's like a, just a little thing, but there it is. That's fine. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you're going to do long after the mood you said it in has left you. Oh, that'll change your life. I could just stop the whole sermon right here, and then we're good to go. That will change your life. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you said it in has left you, long after the convenience has left you, long after the emotions has left you. Ugh. Man, I'm telling you, you committed. I committed to this semester. Mm, middle of the semester. Ugh. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I, I committed to serving at church. 
oh, but I'm tired. Come on. My work scheduled me for such and such a time, but I don't feel like it because all my friends are going to do something really fun without me. Maybe I'll lie and call in sick and sabotage my integrity for the sake of convenience. Hey, come on, man. Are we going to be people of truth? Are we going to, are you with me? Like I called in sick. Be like, homie, if you're not sick, don't call in sick. You're lying. (laughs) And the devil is a liar. (laughs) So it's not, I mean, like, you with me? Like, you we, we like saying the devil is a liar when he's lying to us about some stuff, you know what I'm saying? But when we start following in his footsteps and start lying about stuff, we're like, no, it's not that bad, though. <laughs> the devil's not that bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're like, come on, man. When he's attacking you with fear and anxiety and lies and depression and ad- identity issues, he, he's messed up. He's a fool. The devil is a liar. Ha! Hallelujah. But then when you got to tell a white lie, you know, oh, no, it's not that bad, though. That's cool. I'm okay with that. It doesn't really mean anything. But what you don't realize is you're sabotaging your own integrity every single time you lie. This will change your life. (laughs) Paul says, do I make plans in a worldly manner, in a fleshly manner, that in the same breath I'm saying yes, and in the same breath I'm saying no? He's saying, no, no, no. And the context is, of course not. Why would I even do that? And then he goes on to say, he goes on to talk about the veracity of the message that he preached. The gospel, he starts saying, our message, was our message to you yes and no? Was the message like, God loves you? Psych! <laughs> it's like, was the message to you, Jesus will forgive all of your sins? Ah, just kidding, except for that one you just did because I'm mad at you right now. You know, like he didn't do that. He wasn't back and forth. You with me on this? He, he, he's, not a, he, he's not like in an insecure relationship, you know? It's like, we're like, I'm going to love you only if you love me first, you know? It's like, no, I'm full force love, yes. The gospel is not yes and no. The gospel is not, yes, I love you, and then sometimes I don't. And, and yes, I'm going to forgive you, but that sin is really bad. I'm not sure. i got to think about it. No, 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 the gospel was yes. Everyone say yes. The gospel was yes the whole time. And so Paul's saying, listen. Listen, I don't make plans like that. And also, when I'm preaching to you about the gospel, how many? he's like, listen, Corinthians, remember when I preached to you the gospel? It wasn't yes or no. It was God loves you, and Jesus Christ died on a cross for you. He said, I, I knew nothing except for Jesus and him crucified. This is what he told the Corinthians. He said his message was sure. It was yes. He goes on to just tell him, like, listen, was my message wavering? Did I, did I stumble in my message? When I preached to you about the gospel, was it back and forth? Like, he was like, Jesus is the yes of God. He is the guarantee of the promise of God. And he goes on to talk about the character of God. He says, as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. So now he's talking about the character of God. And this is, that's why I love this. Paul was literally saying, I am a representative of the God who always keeps his word. And so therefore, I will be faithful to my word also. There's something bigger at stake than our convenience. It's the representation of God on the earth. This is what Paul was after. He said, listen, guys, I I don't jump back and forth. I'm not that way. I want you to know that. I'm not that way. And then he goes on to say, God is faithful. And listen, I'm serving a faithful God. And if I'm going to represent him, I I have an obligation to keep my word. When I said yes to the Lord, that that caused a, a domino effect into the way I live my life, specifically in the area of keeping my word. And so Paul He says all this, and and it's reminiscent of what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5.33, he says this, Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but keep your oaths you had made to the Lord. Verse 34, But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Verse 36, And do not swear by your head, for you cannot even make one hair white or black. Verse 37, simply. Is that what it says? All you need to say is simply. Everyone just say simply. (laughs) All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Hey, this is the words of Jesus. Simply, like just simple. 
James, James uh, 5.12 echoes the same thing. He says, but above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may not fall under, what does it say? Otherwise you will be, hey, that's some heavy words right there. <laughs> Just take a deep breath. This is what Jesus, and I believe James is trying to say. He said, when you're faithful to your word, your word carries authority. Because it's like, listen, you don't have to. I mean, sometimes you do like, I got to do this pinky promise. I'm going to swear by all that is holy, by Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and get all weird with your, like, intensified promises. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just add all kinds of things to it. I swear by my mother's grave, and I swear by the, by the hair on my back. That's kind of weird. But, like, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, listen, you wouldn't have to do any of that if your yes actually meant yes and your no actually meant no. You know what I'm saying? Be like, you, you, this is how powerful it is. You wouldn't even have to, if, if I'm saying if the world had grabbed a hold of this whole thing and uh, businesses did the same thing, you wouldn't even have to put a down payment on anything. Because, or you wouldn't have to any, put any collateral on things. They, they would just know like, oh yeah. You know, back in the day, your word is your bond and you just, sh- let's shake on it. And that's all that it was. <laughs> because, because people were that faithful to their word. Your word is your bond. Hey, let's just shake on it. Let's pull out this contract and let's pull out this thing. Why? Because people lie and they cheat. <laughs> that's, why, yeah, that's, why, that's why contracts were invented, because people lie and cheat. Did you know that? That's the only reason why, because people have lack of integrity, lack of wholeness in their life. But what if God raises up a people? What if God raises up a young adult generation of 18 to 20-somethings that totally change the statistics, that totally change the culture and totally shift the culture, that what you say you actually mean, and all of a sudden there's this tide that starts pushing through the culture, that all of a sudden, wait a second, these people who believe in Jesus are really, really faithful and credible and reliable people. I'm telling you, you would have no problem trying to find a job because people are like, dude, you say what you mean and you mean what you say I want you on my team people will be trying to hire you have like five job opportunities because so many people want people to have were credible and reliable to work for them be like I've been trying for like a year to find a job homie it's not that hard to find a job (laughs) you know just just be a reliable person and people I'm telling you it's a magnet for blessing Credibility, the quality of being believable or worthy of trust. And so uh, Pastor Daniel had, had shared, me, shared with me this, this leadership principle years ago, and, it, and it, it's just called change in your pocket. So because I can't really necessarily illustrate change in my pocket, because you can't all see what's in my pocket, uh, this is a mason jar full of change. So this will be my pocket, okay? This is what it is. And so change in your pocket. Everybody has a certain amount of change when you start a relationship. Everybody has a certain amount. But let's, let's uh, just for the sake of tonight, I'm going to take some of this out. Uh, just for the sake of tonight. That's $2 in pennies, by the way, if you're wondering. Because I'm rolling deep right now. Everybody has a certain amount of change when you start a relationship. AKA credibility. Everyone has a certain amount of credibility. We'll just say it's this much, okay? We're just going with this much right here. And from there, you either gain more change or pay it out based on your decisions in life. And so we're talking about the context of keeping our word. Every time you make a good decision, every time you follow through with your word, how many understand you get more more change in your pocket? Every time. You're like, hey, I'm going to meet you at church at 7 o'clock, and we're going to come in and worship God. And you were there at 6.59. Oh, I'm giving. There you go. There you go. Credibility to the max. Hello. Like, you said you were going to wash the dishes when you got home after church, and that was so awesome because you weren't, like, chilling out on Facebook and binging on Netflix. You were sitting at the sink Washing the credibility, my friend, and you just get more change in the pocket. You with me on this? But every time you make a poor decision or you break a commitment, it costs you. Every single time, it costs you. And so it's like, you know, maybe maybe this could be somebody where you said you just wanted to be friends because you're not ready for the relationship. 
And, you know, they didn't know that you had someone else already on standby. So, you know what I'm saying? That, that's going to take a couple, that's going to take a few things out of the, the jar. You know what I'm saying? That's going to, yeah. In some cases, it'll just be like, right, okay, game over. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have started with that example. All right. Eh. Or you got a planning center request. What the? You got a planning center request to serve Let's, let's just say serve at Kids Church and to just be a blessing to the under-the-sea kids or the nursery. Let's talk about the nursery because that's where my son is, you know, so it's a little more to the heart, you know what I'm saying? You're about to serve in the nursery. Uh, Sunday morning comes. You're supposed to be there a little bit early for first service, right, because you got to be there just a little bit early for the parents to drop it off, right? I don't know. I haven't served in the nursery, but I think that's right. Uh, oh, wait a second. Beep, 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 beep. Alarm came off. Oh, crap, it's 9.25. I pushed snooze like 18 times. Oh. There's, there's a few. Oh, and just, just because for Hunter. There's a little bit of change you just lost right there. You know what I'm saying? Yay, we're all going to. Hey, you get, you get a group text, because I know you all love group text. Group text bonanza. Man, I tell you, you get like 800 emojis in one text. You get back to your phone, 100 missed texts. What the heck? You get a group text. Hey, we're all going to go watch the new whatever movie. Oh, this is cool. Tap your text back in there. I am going to be there. I, in fact, I already, I'm like on my way to get my ticket. Oh, cool. So all your friends are like counting on you. They're ready to see you there, the whole thing. That's my texting sound. You got another, you got another text in. <laughs> you got another text in, and he texts you. Hey, hey, girl. <laughs> and my hood came on. Just totally creepified that moment. Hey, girl. What you doing tonight? <laughs> no. <laughs> if someone texts you like that, and somehow you hear it in that accent, just run. I don't even know what you... But anyway, they text you, be like, hey, what, what you doing? Be like, oh, I'm going to go see a movie with my friends. Be like, no, nah, forget them. Let's go hang out. Let's, let's go take a walk on the beach. Let's go to Netflix and chill. What did you say? <laughs> Watch Hulu and hugs. What? Okay. And so anyway, and now you're between something, right? Like I already committed to my friends. But this dude, man, I'm telling you, he is interested in me, and I am interested in him. And so the movie started at 7.15. Your friends text you, hey, where, where are you at? I thought you were going to be here. You see the text, but you ain't going to reply because you're not ready to face it yet. You know what I mean? You're not ready to face the confrontation yet. And so you just, just let it be. You see that? And then the guy's like, Hey, who's that texting? Oh, no, 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 nothing. Nothing, not important. Not important at all. And then all of a sudden, it's like midnight. Text him back. Oh, hey, I'm sorry. Something came up. You know, you make up some really weird excuse. And then all of a sudden, hey. Sorry, this is the youth group's money, so we'll make sure we keep it. Oh, and the credit. You see how that credibility, you just lost some more credibility. I mean, we can go through... Uh, I know I extended that one for pretty long, but I'm just saying we can go through example after example, and every time you break your word, you're losing credibility every single time. And so it's, it's crazy. If you keep breaking your word, you end up losing your change, and you end up losing your credibility. And if you don't have change in your pocket, people's trust levels in you will decrease. And then all of a sudden, no one's asking you to do anything anymore. And now you've got a whole other set of issues to deal with because you haven't cleaned up the mess yet. And all these people are like, well, every time I ask you to serve, you never, you like never show up. And when you do show up, you're like 20 minutes late and act like I'm supposed to apologize to you or something. You act like, it's, you, you know what I mean? You come in with the attitude like it's my fault. Like, wait, wait a second here. You're, you're the one who said you were going to be here. And it's weird when we don't fulfill our word and people confront us on it, we get an attitude. When the whole time, how many understand, you created the whole scenario for yourself. And we're like, well, you, you, I'm a volunteer. I'm giving up my time. Be like, yeah, that's fine. I get it. But your word is shot with me now. 
And I don't even know if I want you to serve anymore because I I'm not sure if anyone's going to show up and it creates stress in the environment, the whole thing. It's craziness. We get all defensive, like, oh, you can't treat me like that. I'd be like, well, well, how about just to maintain our friendship, you just probably stop serving. <laughs> you have to like do weird things like that. When all the while it could have been preserved if we would be like Christ and follow in the footsteps of our faithful God. And I love this because the best way to get changed back into the jar, we'll just use a church example just because we're kind of in that mode. The next time you confirmed on planning center where you said you're going to be there and you were there on time with a good attitude, hey, <laughs> next Sunday again, hey, Next Sunday, five minutes late, but I texted you letting you know because I had explosive diarrhea. Hey! But I'm still committed. You know what I'm saying? I'm still committed. I'm going to give you double for that. You know what I'm saying? That was good. <laughs> That's committed right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, here, here's a point that I want to say. Say you lose all credibility and this jar is empty. I want you to know that love does not equal trust. So when you have no credibility, it does not mean that you're not loved. You're fully loved. Love does not equal trust. Jesus loves everyone the same, but he does not trust everyone the same. And so love is unconditional. That's the beauty of the gospel. You're still loved. You're like, I have shot my word to the ground. If there was like a negative jar, that would be me. Hey, listen, you're still loved. Unconditional love. Jesus still loves you with an everlasting love. And, and if we're following Christ, then we still love you too. You, you know what I'm saying? Like if we're, met, if we're following his standard, we're like, you know what? I love you. I love you still. I still love you and I still believe in you. But I, I, this thing, you got to build back your trust. So when I, when I say, hey, I have to let you go from this, or if, a, if an employer says, I have to let you go, it doesn't mean they don't love you. You can't take it as rejection. You just have to take it as, hey, listen, I'm still loved and I'm still valued. I'm still accepted. But that just doesn't work. <laughs> you with me on this? Love does not equal trust. And I think it's so important for us to understand this. And this is crazy. This is so crazy because it's like, wait, but wait, wait, wait. Paul changed his mind. Doesn't that mean I can? And the answer is yes. But you know what? Paul had so much change in his pocket that he could do something like that. He had so much credibility that he could do a choice that maybe some people had some issues with. He had so much credibility over time because he had, he had been so faithful and committed to his word that, hey, listen, you're making a decision that I don't really agree with, but because I trust you based on all this record of change in your pocket, it's cool, man. You can do that. I mean, understand, when, when the people don't have any change in their pocket and then they keep making bad decisions, that's when you're like, I don't, dude, I don't know, man. I'm not sure. I, like, I want to hang out with you. I want to be your friend. But every single time I call you, every single time you say you're going to meet with me, you change it every single time. Like, I'm over that. And it ha there has to be some kind of re taking responsibility. But, I, but, man, it's so powerful because Paul, I love this because the whole context is, is that Paul changed his plans. And the cool part is that that means there's freedom in this thing. It's not like, well, I said yes, and that means I'm stuck forever. Forever. Ah! Like, no, man. Like, it's okay. You can actually change your plans. Paul changed his plan. But the question isn't, can I change my plans or not? The question is, do you have any credibility? Do you have any change in your pocket? Because if you do, then you can change your plans. If you don't, man, I'm telling you, it's going to be hard for you to do that. And this, this thing changes with every single relationship that you have. But like with me and Dom, it's, I got a lot of change. You know what I'm saying? But with me and Joel, it's like, oh, got a few quarters in there. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying, it changes with every relationship. So you can't go like, well, I am so faithful when I'm friends with Taylor. But like, yeah, but you ditch me every week, man. You know? Like, it doesn't matter what you do with him. It matters what you do with me. This thing changes with every area of your life. Change in your pocket. And so really quickly, as we, as we land this, what do I do? Obviously, the biggest thing is just be faithful to your word. But what does this look like? The first thing is you want to consider your commitments. Consider your commitments. In other words, count the cost. You want to actually think about it. Like, I mean, I'm not talking about like 
you know, like small things like, oh, hey, should I wear jeans or should I wear khakis? Like, I'm not, you know, like, whatever, figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't pray about that. Just do it. You know, it's like, or, you know, the friends are inviting me to go here after church. And I don't know, this is, I'm, you know, whatever. Like, I'm just saying, like, I'm not talking about just little things. I'm talking about big and small and big things. I'm talking about count the cost. Like, before you're saying yes to things, take a moment, think about it. If it calls for it, then pray about it and say, like, God, like, is this really what I should do? Count the cost. Consider the commitment. Second thing is follow through on your word, even if you aren't feeling it anymore. I'm telling you, I don't know exactly what verse this is, but you can read the whole entire of Psalm 15. You can read the whole entire thing. It's in there somewhere. It talks about the person who is unshakable, and he gives a description of an unshakable person. And then in that, he says, he keeps his oath even unto its hurt. Even if it hurts, you keep your oath. Psalm 15. You follow through on your word, even if you're not feeling it anymore. I'm telling you, sometimes you need to follow through on your word, even if you're not feeling it, just for the sake of doing it, just for the sake of strengthening your integrity muscle. Like John Maxwell is a leadership expert. He says that do something, he said, I do something I hate every day <laughs> just to get used to it. Cause life, you have to do things you don't want to do. No one gets excited. Like, man, I woke up in the morning. I can't wait to clean the house. I can't wait to take out the trash. I can't wait to wash the dishes. I can't wait to take that exam. I can't wait. You know, like, I don't think anyone thinks about that. Like, you know what I'm saying? And if you do more power to you, but I'm saying do something you hate every day just to get used to doing it. Cause that's reality. This is called the real world. <laughs> Follow through on your word, even if it hurts, and strengthen your integrity muscle. And the last thing is, own your mistakes. Own your mistakes. This is how you get change back in your pocket. And real simple, you acknowledge it, you apologize, and you make amends. I'm telling you, this is a simple plan right here. What do I do? Consider your commitments, follow through on your word, and own your mistakes. This could possibly be the most important message you hear the whole year. If you can do these things, I guarantee your life will never be the same. I guarantee your relationships will increase. You'll have blessing in all these areas. Consider the commitments. Follow through on your word and own your mistakes. Just acknowledge it. Like, you know, sometimes we try to cover it up. <laughs> like, no, I didn't, I didn't really do that. That was you. You're like, no, I, I, could, I have proof right here, you know, whatever. Just, just fess up, man. There's nothing wrong with just saying, hey, I messed up. I did it wrong. It's actually a sign of great humility. And to say you're sorry and to make amends when need be. So when you, when you ditched your friends to go hang out with that person or whatever it is or, or you know, something, whatever, you, you told that study group in your class that you were going to be there and then you never showed up for the study group and they all suffered for it. They all had to pick up your slack for it. You know what would be really powerful? Instead of like avoiding and never making eye contact with them again because it's so awkward, what if you owned your mistake and went into them and gave them eye contact and said, hey, listen, I messed up and, and I just want to say I'm really sorry about that. Uh, you know, I'm committed to follow through with my word, but I, uh, I just want you to know, like, like, will you forgive me? Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? That, I'm telling you, minus will put the whole stinking change back in the jar. Like, that will change. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, as a leader in a church, and as, as, as I'm telling you, when people own their mistakes, I might as well just like take the whole register and pour it in here. You know what I'm saying? Because it shows me more integrity. It shows me that I can trust this person because they're not going to hide it from me. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're real people. Yeah. I'm trying to put a, a face up. Like, okay, listen, I've been sitting and I'm messed up. But like, dude, see, Hunter knows. He knows. And when they own it, man, it's the best thing. And listen, I want to remind you this. This is what's at stake. When you do this, your relationships will be stronger. Your credibility, your reliability will increase. Your stability will increase. Like, man, I feel like my life, no, 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 do this. I guarantee your stability will increase. And you will represent your faithful God. You're like, how do I, I need to heal the sick, I need to cast out demons, all this. Yes, please, preach the gospel, do all that stuff. But check this out. If you follow through with your word, this will be a bright shining light in a world of darkness. Uh, worship team, you can come up, and I just want to close with this thought. We're just going to have just a little bit of a moment to soak in this. 
I was just a few weeks ago. We were, we got to lead someone to the Lord uh, to receive Jesus in their heart. It was a, it was a great time. They had raised their hand. We were praying, and I was praying with this young girl, and I had just felt impressed on my heart to share with her. I don't know. I felt like there were some people in her life that had said some things and they didn't follow through with it. And somehow, in the midst of that, she had started to get a perspective that God was a hypocrite or that God wasn't faithful to His word. And I just I looked at her and just said, Hey, I, I feel like God wants you to know. God is not a hypocrite. When he says something, hey, he means it. That was for... And then my mic went out too. And I remember looking at this girl just saying, hey, God's not a hypocrite. And when I began to tell her about this, I said, there's been some people in your life that had said some things and they hadn't followed through with their word. But I want you to know God's not like that. He's not a hypocrite. And tears began to well in her eyes. And, and, and she was new at church. She was, she was new. She hadn't been at church anymore. So crying in public, you know, we're kind of, you go to church long enough, crying in public is just like a normal, natural thing. You're like, oh, you got, that's why we have tissues all under the seats. You know what I'm saying? Because we know. But when you're a first timer, you know what I'm saying? Cracking those tears out of your eyeballs are a little bit scary. You know what I mean? But tears started forming and she started wiping it away. And the love of God was touching her heart. And this is what I walk away with. People need to see a God who is faithful. And one of the greatest ways they'll see that is through your life. Keeping your word. Being a person of integrity. I want to heal the sick. I want to preach the gospel and see hundreds come to know Jesus. Keep your word. And watch as you have a platform that nobody else could get. Your integrity will build you a platform that your preaching will never get. Like, I'm a good preacher, but your integrity will do a whole lot more for you than your good skills. Your integrity. People at your workplace will start asking about your life. People in your classmates will start asking about your life. Because you're a person of integrity. So I want to pray for you guys. Just wherever you are, just, just, just shut your eyes for a second. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you had something to say to our hearts tonight. And God, you wouldn't tell us something like this if we didn't have the ability to actually do it. And so, Father, I thank you that in the midst of this world of compromise where people are saying yes and no in the same breath, changing their mind when it becomes inconvenient, people are dropping out on their commitments left and right all around this world, God, I thank you that you're raising up a generation of young adults who are stable, firm, reliable, and committed to their word. God, I thank you that you would reinstitute that phrase in our lives, that our word is our bond, and that we would literally be people who follow through with it, and that would be a shining light to the world around us. God, we thank you for it. You are a faithful God. And as followers of Jesus, we want to represent you well. God, I thank you that it's not just the signs and wonders that lead people to Christ. It's the integrity of the followers of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts about what areas we need to do this in? We just ask him and say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me the areas that I can be more faithful in my word. Just take a moment and listen, or if he shows you a picture, let's let him speak to us about this. in friendships, Father, or whether it's in relationships with the opposite sex, whether it's with our workplace, with the church, with our family, even to ourselves, wherever it is, God, I thank you that you would breathe on those areas, and I thank you for your word actually give us the ability to do it.
in you just telling us this is what you want from us, keep your word, that we have the actual ability to fulfill the command. And so I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it all over this room. If you're here tonight and you need to commit your heart to Jesus Christ, if you don't know if you're going to heaven when you die and the love of God is touching you tonight and you're going like, you know what, I want to know. I want to know that I'm going to heaven. Jesus Jesus loves you and he, he forgives you and he wants you to have a home in heaven and have a relationship with him right now. And the way we do that is we just accept him into our hearts. If you're here tonight and you need to accept Jesus into your heart or you need to recommit your heart to him and make this yes sure to him tonight, would you just put up your hand real quick with every head bowed? I just want to pray with you tonight. If that's you, I see you there, I see you there. Anyone else? just want to say like, yeah, that's me because I just want to pray with you tonight and, and so we can have a big, huge yes to Jesus saying, yeah, I need to commit my heart fully to the Lord. I know that he loves me and I want to have a relationship with him. Just put your hand up real quick so I can see it. And we want to pray with you. Just 15 more seconds and then we're all going to pray. Thank you, God. If you're waiting and you want to say yes to the Lord, now is your moment. Now is the moment to commit your heart and to let your yes be a for reals yes. Like, how am I going to do this? He'll give you the strength. If you surrender him, he gives you the strength. Five more seconds. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let's all stand together. I want to pray. We'll pray all together as this commitment to Christ. And then I'm just going to bless you as we go tonight. Father, just say this with me all over the room, even if you're already fully in for the Lord. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you tonight. I believe in your love for me. And I ask you to forgive my sins and wash me clean. I thank you for a new start. And I receive your forgiveness. Say, Lord Jesus, I am all in. Tonight, my heart is yours. And forevermore, I will follow you all the days of my life. And I'm committed by your grace and by your power working in me to follow through with every commitment. And I thank you, Jesus, for your great love. And I'll pray for you, Father. I thank you for it all over this place. God, I, and I just remember this quote from Ed, Edwin Lewis Cole. He said, he said, you're only committed to what you confess. And so, Father, I thank you as we have confessed our surrendered, our surrendered hearts to you and the Lordship of Jesus in our life. God, I thank you that we will follow through with this, not by our own strength, but by your strength in us. We submit to you. We surrender to your power and to your ability. Father, we thank you for grace to keep moving forward and following Jesus and to hold on to all that you said and all that we've committed to, God. I thank you that you would give us grace to even walk through the hard times, to, to commit to our yeses, even when it becomes hard and inconvenient. Father, in Jesus' name, raise up a resilient generation. Raise up a faithful generation. Raise up a committed people. God, we thank you that we will be like trees planted by streams of water. God, we are trees, firm and stable. God, I thank you that it will, this tonight, God, I thank you the yes we're saying to you tonight will send a shockwave through the rest of our years because integrity will be in our lives and blessing will be in our lives. And so I release that over our lives and I bless them every single person in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. If you agree, shout amen. Amen. Come on. Peace. <laughs> amen. Go and do this. We'll see you later.